us yes, this week? Yes, thank you, Chuzanka. I got for you. And, you know, oh. Gaga and Ho-Chunk, you know, a little kid will call Gaga. That's grandma. It's Kunika to an adult. But, uh, you know, my grandma walked on a long time ago, but I'm still her little little kid, so I call her oh. Gaga. So oh. she said to me one time, she says, like, right now it's a kind of a perfect time, you know, because people are all gathering things. She's, when you go out to gather, you know, be it uh, berries, sage, uh, corn, whatever, you know, Always offer prayers with uh, Donnie, which is a tobacco, and mm-hmm. that's to show uh, much respect to uh, our creator. Uh, and I, we have sage growing in our backyard, and we make sure we do that uh, every time we, we cut it down and gift it to people. Uh, oh. And I got one more thing to say before, and I'm going to keep saying this until, because it's getting close. Reminder, Halloween is coming up. Mm-hmm. It's a don't be an Indian. Mm-hmm. Don't be a native princess. Mm-hmm. Don't wear a headdress. Mm-hmm. And don't use native culture as a costume perfect way to end this uh show and segment you know uh also we're going to be marching in saint paul uh next week too for the native american uh, indigenous day and that's exciting my homeroom will be there and they're all really good native americans i would like to end with these thoughts if you've been listening to the show you are the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops Crow, the ground on which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office. You've been listening to Native Roots Radio. I'm awake. I've been your host, Robert Pilot. The revolution is kicking into high gear. I want to thank my guests, Patina Park, along with Wendy and Choka Curtis. We are still here. We are the seventh generation. We are awake. Waking up is easy when you look forward to breakfast. Serve seven days a week at the Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul. Try eggs your way with hash browns, bacon, or sausage. There are four delicious varieties of eggs benedict that should not be missed. And buttermilk pancakes, waffles, or French toast are always fresh off the griddle. How about a Bloody Mary or screwdriver from the bar? The Downtowner Woodfire Grill is located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking. Or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. You don't have to be an expert camper to enjoy the Boundary Waters. Big Bear Lodge is your home away from home that still lets you experience the Northwoods in authentic and modern woodsy cabins. Upon arrival, you'll be greeted by the owners whose priority is your relaxation. Take in amazing sunsets, stargazing, and moose viewing near the Gunflint Trail. There are free use of canoes and kayaks, guided pontoon tours, and private docks and fire pits. So come find your smile at Big Bear Lodge. More at BigBearLodgeMN.com. Your radio station for The Resistance, The David Pakman Show, weeknights at 9 on AM 950 KTNF St. Louis Park, Minneapolis, St. Paul, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Kavanaugh headed for confirmation. Police officer headed for prison. I'm Christopher Cruz. Senator Joe Manchin says he will vote yes on the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh to the U.S. Supreme Court. Correspondent Linda Kenyon is on Capitol Hill for this afternoon's big vote. Manchin is a Democrat running for re-election in red state West Virginia. He's also the only Democrat who has said he will back Brett Kavanaugh for the U.S. Supreme Court. He did so almost immediately after Republican Susan Collins delivered a lengthy speech on the Senate floor where she said she would vote to confirm Kavanaugh. The Collins announcement gave the nominee enough votes for confirmation and gave Senator Manchin a certain degree of comfort that he would not be the one who would cast the deciding vote. On the Senate floor yesterday, Alaska Republican Lisa Murkowski said she will vote no. I could not conclude that he is the right person for the court at this time. And this has been agonizing. White Chicago police officer Jason Van Dyke has spent his first night in jail following his conviction on charges of second-degree murder in the 2014 shooting of black teenager Laquan McDonald. Marvin Hunter is McDonald's great-uncle. Laquan McDonald represents all of the victims that suffered what he suffered across his country. A cast member from the MTV show Jersey Shore has been sentenced to prison for not paying his taxes. Michael the Situation Sorrentino's Jersey Shore castmates greeted him as he arrived at the courthouse. Back in January, he pleaded guilty to tax evasion. He was sentenced to eight months behind bars. His attorney asked for probation. Prosecutors wanted a 14-month sentence. Sorrentino's brother Mark also pleaded guilty and was sentenced to two years in prison. The charges date back to 2014 when they were accused of not paying taxes related to almost $9 million in income. I'm Steve Kastenbaum.
and I'm Christopher Cruz. Results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. They can take your property, take you to court, even put you in jail. With one call to wall, you'll never need to talk to the IRS again. Our average client settles for about 10% of what is owed. We offer free face-to-face consultations in your local area. Call 800-727-0433. That's 800-727-0433. Get to Macy's Columbus Day Sale and save 20 to 65% with our lowest prices of the season on select furniture, mattress sets, and rugs. Like the Maya Leather Sofa, lowest price $799. Tribeca Queen Bed, lowest price $289. Macy Bed by Serta Basics, Queen Two-Piece Set, lowest price $247. Get our lowest prices of the season now through October 8th at Macy's. Savings off sale prices exclusions apply. Sale ends October 8th. Crazy about pets? We are too. The Pet Connection Show is a great venue for fun, informative, and creative conversations about pets. Join myself, Kathy Menard, and Dr. Nicole Parole, along with guests who are leaders in the dynamic and growing pet industry, as we discuss healthcare, relationships, behaviors, and even political issues as they relate to our pets. So come, sit, stay for the Pet Connection Show, Sundays 11 a.m. to noon on AM 950 Radio, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, Sarah from Vinaigrette. Farmer's markets are everywhere and summer's bounty is limitless. Try a rustic caprese salad using spring mix, fresh mozzarella, grape or cherry tomatoes, red onion, fresh basil, garlic olive oil, and our 18-year-age balsamic. Or try grilled romaine brushed with Tunisian olive oil. Vinaigrette makes it easy to love your vegetables. Visit us at 50th and Xerxes in South Minneapolis or 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Saturdays at 1 p.m., you have a chance at a fresh start, a new beginning. Hi, everybody. This is Freddie Bell, host of New Beginnings. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, spirituality, and even entertainment. Every day is a chance for a fresh start. Join us Saturdays at 1 p.m. for New Beginnings with Freddie Bell on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Fall St. Paul Art Crawl, presented by the St. Paul Art Collective, will be running October 12th, 13th, and 14th. This is a must-do experience that you will love. Over the weekend, you'll have a chance to explore a wide variety of art while touring through local artist studios, lofts, and galleries. Hosting over 300 artists, up for purchase will be paintings, photography, pottery, sculpture, fiber arts, and more. The Art Crawl sprawls over 30 locations, Join the Art Crawl and discover outstanding art for you to own. And when you buy local art, you're providing to artists so that they may continue to create the art we love. The Metro Transit is supporting the local art community with a free transit pass. Download your pass to ride buses and light rail for free during the Art Crawl. Be sure to get details at the stpaulartcrawl.org. That's the stpaulartcrawl.org. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Hunter Haas. Today, mostly cloudy with a high near 50. Sunday, chance of showers, high near 53. And Columbus Day, Monday, rain likely with a high near 61. This week's EatLocalMinnesota.com restaurant of the week is Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club. Situated by Moore Lake on Highway 65, Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club is one of the most beautiful destination fine dining restaurants in the Twin Cities. Located at 6161 Highway 65 Northeast in Minneapolis. Find out more at EatLocalMinnesota.com. Welcome to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant and nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a patriot to the natural world, 
and a person who went to the most exhilarating two-day Nobel conference, Nobel 54. In studio with us is Laura Triplett. She's the 2018 Nobel Conference co-chair. And by phone, later in the program, we're going to be joined by Dr. Jack Gilbert. He's one of the world's leading thinkers on the microbiome. And also Dr. Rotan Law. He was part of the Intergovernmental Panel of Climate Change, which was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in, 20, uh, 20, in, in 2007 that was chaired with President Al Gore. We are live, live, and the call-in number is 952-946-6205. That call-in number is 952-946-6205. Laura Triplett, uh, you're the Associate Professor of Geology and Environmental Studies. Uh, tell us a little bit about Noble Conference 54. What was the purpose? This was a great conference. Our purpose was to, as always with this conference, is to talk about cutting-edge science, bring in some of the biggest thinkers on a specific topic, changes every year, and to then consider how do we need to make decisions, what kind of ethical implications do we need to consider as these new knowledge systems, as this new science unfolds. And, you know, earlier you were saying that one of the things that was sad that you really wish the conference also talked more about is the degraded soils that we have in Minnesota right now. Yeah, so we covered a lot of ground in these two days, and we accomplished many of our big goals. We talked a lot about—I think we really opened people's eyes to the wonder and the amazing complexity of soil. Um, over the last two years planning this, a lot of folks would look at me and be like, why are you having a whole conference about dirt? And I would say, you have no idea. Just wait until you hear these speakers. So right. a lot of people after the conference have been telling me, I had, this was amazing. I learned so much. Everyone that I went with felt the same way too. It was, it was just totally, totally amazing. And yeah. we're going to be talking about these issues um, um, I was going to say forever, but for a long time on Food Freedom Radio. And right now we want to bring in Dr. Rotan Alal. He's the professor of soil sciences at Ohio State University. He is a leading voice on issues related to climate change and soil carbon. As part of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, um, he contributed to work that which won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2007. He has been cited on Thomson Reuters' list of the world's most influential scientific minds. A welcome to the program. Thank you. So tell me your impressions of the conference, uh, Nobel 54. Outstanding. Excellent conference. I personally <clears throat> had not experienced such a very well-organized conference, very objective discussion. Excellent ideas came up. It was a pleasure and honor to be a part of such a beautifully organized and objective uh, conference addressing issues of global significance. And speaking of honor, I mean, you received several standing ovations. You spoke so movingly. Um, can you briefly, for someone who doesn't understand it, what is the connection between climate change and soil? Well, soil is the world's terrestrial largest carbon reservoir. Uh, soil to one meter depth contains about 1,500 gigaton of carbon. Compare that with atmosphere, about 800 gigaton. Compare that with all the trees and vegetation and shrub, about 600 gigaton. So to three meter depth, <clears throat> soil, including those in the permafrost area, contain about 6,000 gigaton of carbon. So a very small change in carbon stock either plus or negative, can have a drastic impact on the atmospheric concentration of CO2 and therefore climate. In the past, soils have been a source of carbon to the atmosphere, and therefore most soils of the agroecosystems, cropland, grazing land, have depleted their carbon reserves. Now we have an opportunity with better adoption of agricultural practices to reverse that trend, put carbon dioxide from the atmosphere back into the soil where it belongs. Hello, this is Laura. It's nice to hear from you again so soon, Dr. Lal. I, I wonder if you could give a few examples of how specifically we put carbon back into soils. Good. The idea is to create a positive carbon budget. One of the examples to do that is conservation agriculture. For example, keeping the crop residue on the soil surface, not taking them away, do not plowing under the crop residue, 
growing a cover crop in an off-season, legume or grass cover crop, so that the ground is always covered, never unprotected left. And we follow integrated nutrient management. That means biological nitrogen fixation, recycling, compost, manure, and supplemented by chemical fertilizer where needed. Also follow a complex rotation so that if we have a grain crops followed by pasture, legumes, and if possible, combined with livestock. So those complex systems and lesser disturbance of the soil can create a positive budget at the same time control soil erosion. And this would re-sequester carbon back into the soil at a rate of about half a ton, 500 kilogram per hectare per year, or about 500 pounds per acre per year. And so when we take carbon out of the atmosphere and put it back into the soil, that's good news for climate. And you hinted at it. It's also good for the soil, too? Is it, it's also good for agriculture? <clears throat> Absolutely. The carbon in soil, we should have about 2% in the temperate climate in the top, say, root zone 12 inches layer, 30 centimeter layer. Uh, if it is less than 2%, then the ecosystem services generated by soil are jeopardized. And those ecosystem services are food production, for example, uh, grains, cereals, vegetation, net primary productivity. Water quality and renewability is another ecosystem. Algal bloom issue. If water filters through the soil, we will have much lesser problems. Biodiversity, organic carbon or organic matter in the soil is food for living organisms. Soil must have as much as five ton of live biomass of organism. That's why soil is a living thing. Uh, climate change mitigation and adaptation, both mitigation, reducing net anthropogenic emission of the atmosphere, and adaptation means any change in climate, soil can adapt. Soil has a resilience. There are many other benefits, the co-benefits, the putting carbon back and so on. It's a win-win situation. In fact, it buys us time. That's the next 25, 30, 40 years, one or two generations, in which we can invest in non-carbon fuel sources. So, so it's an opportunity window. And, and are we walking through this opportunity window fast enough? I mean, you shared some startling statistics. Most soils have lost 25 to 75 percent of their original soil carbon pool. About half of the Earth's surface is used for agriculture. That's often done in a way that's not <coughs> ecologically responsible. Seventy percent of global fresh water withdrawals are used for integration, and yet we have massive food insecurity. Can we meet the world's demand for food by 2050? by 2050 in an ecologically sustainable and respectful way? I'm very optimistic and positive that, yes, that can be done, and uh, we have technology how to do it. Um, this morning coming to office, I heard NPR, one in five children in Ohio, I'm not talking about sub-Saharan Africa or South Asia, I'm talking about Ohio, one in five children live in homes which are food insecure. That was a startling statistic, even if it is not 100% correct. One child food insecure is too much. So we have to think how to improve the access to food. We must make sure that our agriculture is nutrition sensitive. Whatever we produce is of a good quality in terms of the micronutrients, 17 of them, vitamin, protein, and other things which are essential to human health. I firmly believe in this concept that health of soil, plants, animal, people, and environment or ecosystem is one and indivisible. And the health of the soil depends very strongly on the soil organic carbon concentration, <clears throat> which should be about 2%. That's essential. Therefore, we, this is a time to translate science, what we know, into action. This is a time we talk to policymakers, general public, teachers, education. This is what I was so impressed by Gustavus College. They not only are teaching that concept to their own students, but also brought high school students. That's excellent. I salute the administration and Laura, especially you, uh, 
part of being a program and Lisa and the president, uh, Professor Bergman, uh, for their vision and leadership. And I hope all other educational institutions follow your path. I, I want to echo that, too. And what I really loved about the uh, Nobel Conference 54 is the integration of all of these different ways of, of science. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, um, and I, I know uh, the one thing I also did appreciate, uh, we, we, we talk a lot about the um, soil being depleted because of an industrialized approach to soil, but you also express gratitude to the Green Revolution. Can you talk about that? How do we, how do we mix technology with wisdom? Um, I think we must be very careful not to uh, undermine the importance of Green Revolution. Dr. Norman Borlaug, who happened to be from Minnesota, uh, I had a great privilege and honor to know him personally and uh, several times interact with him. In fact, there is a book published by National Academy. It has three uh, members of the panel listed. He's one, uh, David Pimentel from Cornell. is the second one. I'm the third one. So uh, it has been a great honor to know him. His contribution in 60s and 70s, which saved hundreds of millions of people from starvation, uh, appropriately recognized by Nobel Peace Prize, uh, are... So we and, need to take uh, a break, Rutan Law, Dr. Rutan Law. Um, we will be back. We're talking about Nobel Conference 54. This is Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, The Progressive Voice, live, 952-946-6205. No, be sure to pick up your copy of this month's Natural Awakenings magazine, a free local guide to a healthier and more balanced life. Each monthly issue includes timely, local, national, and global stories. Learn about alternative and complementary medicine, nutrition, fitness for body and mind, personal growth, sustainability, and much more. Natural Awakenings can be found at area health food stores, food co-ops, and retail locations. More information is available at NaturalTwinCities.com. That's NaturalTwinCities.com. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. OP. AM 950 listeners, we have a home cleaning company with an offer just for you. They're Blue Sky Services. Blue Sky Services will wash your windows, siding, gutters, clean those black streaks off your roof, and much more. Window washing starts at $100. Siding cleaning starts at $199. Call Blue Sky Services at 651-447-4484 to ask for the AM950 special. If you hear this, you have an exclusive house cleaning offer for AM950 listeners. Call Blue Sky Services at 651-447-4484. That's 651-447-4484. It's a good day to be indigenous. Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. Our weekly Native American talk radio show will discuss national and local Native American news and events. Local and national guests will help us keep current with Mother Earth, tribal, and Twin City issues. Native American issues are human issues. We invite all people to walk hand-in-hand hand with our struggles, victories, and achievements. Listen Saturdays at 2 p.m. I am awake. Thank you, Minnesota, for helping family-owned Warner Stellion become one of the most respected appliance sellers in the U.S. We believe the best way to thank you is with unbeatable savings. Now through October 15th, get free installation from our trusted specialists on select Bosch and KitchenAid dishwashers. Or save hundreds on a new kitchen suite. We'll help you find just the right one to complement your style. These and hundreds more unbeatable deals await you through October 15th. Exclusively from Minnesota's own appliance specialist, Warner Stellion. The fine folks at Common Good Books will help you find the perfect book for you or the book lover in your life. Find a huge selection from a locally owned and independent bookseller in the Twin Cities. They are always bringing in top authors from around the globe for special in-store events. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Sundays, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Find Common Good Books at 38 South Snelling Avenue in St. Paul or shop online at commongoodbooks.com. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. 
welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant the uh, seeds of change and take the sad song, what's happening with our soil, and make it better. That's that's our that's our objective. Um, I'm Laura Hedlund, and we're talking about Nobel Conference 54, which happened this week. Um, on phone with us is Dr. Rotan Lal. Um, he's uh, one of the leading experts on uh, soil, carbon, and climate change. And when we went to break, you were talking about that the Green Revolution um, did a lot of good, but where do we need to be at now? That is a very important point. Uh, we have situation where soils have been excessively depleted of their carbon reserve. They cannot hold the nutrients and water. Therefore, those chemicals leach into the groundwater, uh, causing serious health issues, uh, especially in South Asia and elsewhere. So we have to rethink how to reconcile the need for achieving food and nutritional security with the absolute necessity of improving the environment, especially mitigating climate change. Therefore, some of the practices of indiscriminate, and I like the word indiscriminate, indiscriminate use of excessive plowing, indiscriminate use of excessive irrigation, especially flood irrigation, uh, broadcasting haphazardly fertilizer into the standing water, uh, putting pesticides and chemicals which sometimes are not necessary, and they could be perhaps uh, objective could be achieved by other means. Uh, some of these practices are burning the crop residues or taking the crop residue away for other competing purposes, leaving nothing back on the soil. Let the soil fend for itself. It is those practices that have led to the problem of environmental issues, and we must stop those. We must make sure that soil carbon stock is maintained at appropriate rate. We must make sure that the crop residue and animal manure is returned back to the soil. We must make sure that the fertilizer and water are applied as needed and by proper practice so they are not leaking into the environment, creating hazards. Those are the issues which are a second-generation problems, which are not necessarily anything against the Green Revolution. It is a misuse of technology. What I called the other day uh, at the 54th conference, technology without wisdom. Technology without we wisdom. Must, we must use technology properly. We need technology and wisdom. Of, uh, misuse of technology. There are many, uh, and I think we must use the technology properly. And, Laura, you wanted to connect this with the depleted soils in Minnesota. Yeah, so um, you work in Ohio right now, although I know you still work around the world. Um, and here in Minnesota, what's your impression of the quality of soils right now in the upper Midwest? In general, Midwest, uh, including Minnesota, Ohio, um, elsewhere, soils are young, about ten to 12,000 years old since the last glaciation. They have been cultivated only since about 1800, 1850, maybe at the most 100, 150 years. Uh, so most and the farmers are very intelligent, very receptive. They understand the concept of how to maintain soils. About 30, 35% of the soils in the Midwest are used with no-till farming. Not exactly it should be, but certainly in that direction. So the health of the soil is generally very good. Uh, it can be better and I think through better communication. We have real concern about the developing countries, whether it's the Caribbean, whether it's Central America, whether it's the Andean region, whether it's Sub-Saharan Africa, uh, South Asia, maybe part of Central Asia, resource-poor small farmers are having serious problems. Those are the ones where 75% of the original carbon stock is depleted. Those are the farmers who are desperate and cannot leave the crop residues under essential back for recycling. But by and large, I am uh, very happy with the soils in the Midwest. Uh, they can be improved. They must be improved. Uh, but I think the situation is not as serious as it is in the developing countries. Yeah, and this is a global issue. So tell us um, about your work globally. Um, there are some bright sides, but uh, uh, the global challenges are hard to comprehend. We, we are very correct. Uh, we have several global challenges uh, driven by population. We have 7.6 billion people on the earth now. They're destined to be 9.8 billion by 2050. 
and maybe more than 11 billion, some estimates 11.2 billion uh, by 2100. Their affluence lifestyle is getting better and better as the income increases and uh, the uh, dependence on natural resources obviously continue increasing. Therefore, the soil are under greater and greater pressure. But yet the technology exists that we can do better. Now, in addition to the population, urbanization is quite an issue. Uh, we have many mega cities, I think approaching almost 28 or 30. Mega city is a city of more than 10 million people. And yeah, a city of 10 million people requires 6,000 tons of food a day. Yeah, 6,000 tons of food. Because one, one of the things you were talking about is the importance of urban agriculture, not just exactly. having these mega cities, but the exactly. urban agriculture. So if we can recycle those nutrients and water, of course, by with the, taking proper health precautionary measures so that we do not use contaminated uh, water and uh, manure, et cetera, make sure the health-wise. But we must produce a certain percent of food within the city by recycling that nutrients and water that come in. I would say 10, 15, 20% of the green grocery uh, could be grown there. I think quite a lot of those nutrients could be used to produce uh, biomass, algae, algae and others, to use as a biofuel uh, source uh, in many other industrial value. We need to really think carefully how to use that nutrients coming into the city uh, to make them from liability, which they are now, to an asset. There are many other global issues uh, which also need to be addressed by agriculture. Biodiversity is another one. Water quality and renewable, and of course the climate change. We must make agriculture and soil solution to environmental issues, and soil and agriculture have a potential to do that. Right. You, so, you, okay, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. You've also written about soil quality and world peace. How is world peace connected <laughs> to soil quality? Uh, that's a very good question. There is a very good close relationship between the two. If the soils are healthy and people living on the soils are healthy and their basic necessities are met, they have no reason to leave their home and jump into the Mediterranean and get uh, even destabilized Europe. Look at the, what has happened in Europe in the last two or three years. At the present, if my estimates, what I've read is correct, we have 65 million refugees around the world, which is a cause of destabilization. And the basic part of that is keep the soil on which people are living uh, healthy and their basic necessities are met. I want to give a typical example. I used to live in Nigeria. The Lake Chad was a beautiful area, uh, and it had excellent fishery community, excellent farmers, now Lake Chad has become a mud puddle. All yeah. those farming communities are desperate. When people are desperate, they can be easily bought for a very small price to become fanatics and extremism. You know, uh, there's so much desperation. And so how, how we have wisdom and technology to, to solve the desperation that, that we're all facing. Um, I thank you so much for uh, joining us, uh, Dr. Ratan Law. You're a professor of soil science and one of the leading thinkers in terms of climate change and soil carbon as part of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Um, you contributed to the work which won a Nobel Peace Prize in 2007. Um, and so we were talking about Nobel Conference 54, and you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Litton's Party Value has moved one mile north. Get into Litton's Party Value is easy. Google 913 Plymouth Avenue North. Litton's Party Value's new location has the same great fun party holiday celebration supplies. Visit our Halloween section for your Halloween party and decorations and costumes too. Litton's Party Value has the selection, the quantities, and the low warehouse pricing you love. Visit our new location, 913 Plymouth Avenue North. Yes, free parking, or shop online, partyvalue.com. Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com. From classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. 
Experience cozy fireside dining at the Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul, specializing in fresh seafood, fire-roasted meats and pizzas, all cooked over an oak-burning fire, and salads and sandwiches, too. Join them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week, located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking, or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. Burger Moe's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before and after Excel Center events or anytime, offering 20 fresh, never frozen burger varieties, more than 60 beers on tap, and happy hours twice daily. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at burgermoe's.com. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. And I'm Rachel Shamblot. Did you know a lot of people are afraid of the dentist? You don't need to be afraid of my dad. He makes going to the dentist comfortable and even fun. We don't care if you're a dental regular or haven't seen a dentist in years. We just want to make you comfortable and get you out of pain. If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. Did you realize that Drink in the Style is available on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much every other podcast platform out there? You can listen to past episodes of Drink in the Style, or maybe download our really cool martini glass graphic, or just listen to your favorite episode again and again. But if you do, I need to ask you for a quick favor. Hop online and give us a five-star rating. It helps others find the show and also boosts my fragile ego. Drink in the Style. It's a great way to kill Sundays or really anytime at all. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Hunter Haas. Today, mostly cloudy with a high near 50. Sunday, chance of showers, high near 53. And Columbus Day, Monday, rain likely with a high near 61. The St. Paul Art Crawl is next weekend. Friday, October 12th, Saturday, October 13th, and Sunday, October 14th. This is a perfect opportunity for art lovers to celebrate, learn about, and collect local art. The Art Crawl has over 300 participating artists. Find out more at stpaulartcrawl.org. more about the movement of the celestial bodies than about the soil underfoot. That was some guy, Leonardo da Vinci, said that about 500 years ago. Um, and Laura Triplett did, uh, was at conference, you're the co-chair of Nobel Conference 54. Did Leonardo da Vinci have a point? Yeah, I think that was the, one of the reasons we chose this topic. Everyone thinks, oh, it's just the dirt. It's just down there. I don't need to worry about it. There is so much crazy stuff going on in the soil, and we are just beginning to really understand it. So it's a really, it really is a lot of cutting-edge science happening around soil. I wanted to remind everyone that they can watch all of these talks anytime for free at the Gustavus website. We archive this conference and previous conferences um, for the public. Great. And then right now, we are being joined by one of the leading authorities on the microbiome, uh, Dr. Jack Gilbert. Good morning and welcome uh, to Food Freedom Radio, Jack. Hi, good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. So if you took poop from a, a fat person and you gave it to a mouse, the mouse would get fat? <laughs> yes. So the bacteria in your body regulate many things. You actually have 40 trillion bacteria living in your intestine, about about a pound of your body mass is bacteria. And they produce chemicals which regulate how your body works. So if I if you have a uh, if you are obese, um, it's quite likely that your bacteria are making you obese. And we take those bacteria out of you and we put them into an animal, that animal will also become obese. Jack, let me this is Laura. Le- nice to hear from you again so soon. I um we a couple of the speakers got here early and wanted to go out and see the fields and see meet some of the farmers and so we took them out and they got out and yeah Minnesota has amazing soil but they got out into some of these fields and picked up the soil and 
Um, in fact, Ray Archuleta picked some up and smelled it, and he said, I can't smell anything in this field. That means there's no bacteria. I can't remember the certain kind of bacteria. That means there's no life in this soil. And he was appalled, and a few of our speakers were really shocked at how lacking in life some of the soils in Minnesota are. Can you say more about what is the life in the soil? Yeah, so in every gram of soil, every... Um Every teaspoon of soil out there, there, there can be up to a billion different uh, types of bacteria, so different cells of bacteria, um, some thousand species per teaspoon of soil. Um, but, you know, if you, if you uh, like with everything, if you pump the soil full of a load of um, very specific chemicals, like a lot of nitrogen, a lot of phosphorus, you will actually start to select for only several species. And what I mean by that is it's the same as in any kind of environment. If you limit the kind of diversity of food in an environment, then only certain things can survive. Um, if, if the whole world was only bamboo, the only thing that would survive would be pandas, right? <laughs> so um, what, we, what we think about is when you just put one type of food into the soil, um, a chemical nitrogen fertilizer, for example, you only get one or two different types of bacteria growing. And those generally don't keep the soil very healthy. And so this rise in food allergies, chronic diseases, epidemic of depression and anxiety, obesity, a lot of these health rela relational issues can be because of the, the soil health. Our human health is connected to the soil health? Well, in a way, yeah. I mean, um, well, it's, it's a little bit more subtle than that. Obviously, you have your own bacteria living inside you, which are very important for your health. But how your body is exposed to the outside world, the, the bacteria living in soil, the fungi living in soil, even the bacteria living on your pets or, or your farm animals can actually affect how your immune system develops. And uh, if you're a child growing up on a farm, you may be exposed to an immune system stimulating environment, uh, such as the bacteria and fungi on the animals and in the soil, that can actually help to uh, make your brain grow and can help to uh, make your organs work properly. So, you know, we see this. If we, if we look at children growing up in the inner city, their immune systems um, are more inflamed. They are more likely to have inflammation uh, than children growing up on farms. So there's a very distinct relationship there between, between what you're exposed to, the kind of microbial world around us, and how your body develops over time. And you're also the author of a book, Dirt is Good. So can you give people some simple helps, uh, simple tips on how they can improve their health and the health of their yeah, kids? I mean, um, a lot of it comes down to, really, it comes down to, uh, you know, um, uh, everything your mother used to tell you to be healthy. Um, a lot of it's about eating healthily. Um, you have a diverse microbial ecosystem inside you, and if you eat a diverse, healthy diet, you will promote the growth of organisms which are good for you. Um, inside your body. Um, if you allow your children to experience the world outside, um, then, then they, can, they can get a, a good, healthy immune system developing. And so, you know, that means going on walks, you know, taking them out to woodland and allowing them to experience it, to get dirty, to get their hands in the earth and the, in the leaf mulch, you know, to maybe work on the farm and, and interact with the animals. Um, one of the, one, uh, a clinical study done a few years ago demonstrated that children that grow up with a dog in their home, um, that they can physically interact with, a dog they can play with when they're, when they're you know, under 18 months old, um, can actually, uh, they, they, those children have a reduction in the likelihood of developing asthma of about 13%, which is huge. Right? Um, so if you have a dog in the home, you're much, much less likely to develop asthma. Um, and we often think that dogs cause asthma, right? You know, the dog hair and dog dander, can exacerbate the symptoms. But if you get the child early enough and expose them to the bacteria and fungi living in a dog, <laughs> then it can actually stimulate their immune system and reduce the likelihood of developing asthma in the first place. What do we not know about microbial life in the soil? Or in other words, where, do you, where would you like to see research going in the next five years? Yeah, well, that's a huge question. Um, uh, so we, we, what we do know is we know that there's a diverse microbial world in there. What we don't really know and what we're still trying to figure out is how that microbial world feeds and sustains 
plant life. Um, you know, we, we understand that bacteria and fungi in the soil can break down the minerals and, and the chemicals and the organic matter, the, the you know, leaf litter that's decaying, and they turn that, that into new nutrients which can be made available to the plant. But there's a whole other side to it. Just as bacteria that we're exposed to can shape how our immune system works, bacteria that a plant is exposed to can shape how the plant's physiology works, how the plant experiences the world. So we, we found that we can add bacteria to plants um, and it will improve their drought resistance, their drought tolerance, their ability to deal with you know, a lack of rain or, or too much rain. It can also help them to survive temperature fluctuations. So if you have a, a frost, um, uh, if you have the right kind of bacteria associated with your crop, you can actually help to prevent frost damage or to limit the impact of frost damage on the plant. That's huge, right? If we could commercialize that, we could make crops that are more resilient to change in, the, in our world, especially in the changing climate. And, and potentially crops that are more uh, productive and even disease tolerant. That will be uh, transformative. So I would like to see a lot of research funding and, and time put into trying to figure out that partnership, the yeah. partnership between the microbes and the plants that so reminds, that we can weaponize it for agriculture. I love that. That reminds me of a story Dave Montgomery was telling about a farmer in Washington State who was growing wheat on a, on a field or two fields next to each other and one field had cover crops during the off season and the other field didn't and the wheat grown with cover crops which support a more diverse microbial life in the soil had I think he said three times more micronutrients in the wheat itself so the food was more nutritious coming off the field with a likely more diverse microbial life in the soil. It's exactly what you're saying. That's crazy. I never, never would have known that before. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing how the environment around the, the plant can shape how the plant functions. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a transformative situation when you have a, a world around the plant actually altering the nutritional sure. diversity of that plant. But, you know, it affects everything about the plant. It does. Now, and uh, I just, in the conference, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, oh, I, I want to do a shout-out, too, because Suzanne um, Sennard, he, she has an incredible um, uh, TED Talk with over 3 million uh, views, and she was also participating in this conference about how the trees talk to each other. And so, I mean, it, it is that darn complex. And I want to mention that, Dr. Jack Gilbert, you're also the co-founder of Earth Microbial Project, and you talk about relational ecological medicine. How does, yes. how does so this I'm actually, work? Uh, I'm a professor of surgery, um, but I have a training in ecology and soil environments and marine environments. So I'm trying to almost bring ecological understanding into medicine, in a new phase we call um, ecological medicine. The idea being that we can understand human disease by embracing an understanding of how the ecosystem inside our bodies work and how the ecosystems around us shape our health. I, I mean, I like to say that there's, there's no possibility of making people absolutely healthier unless I can make the environments around them healthier too. That's, I mean, that, yeah, our health is dependent on our environment's health. Correct, yeah. How do we make a healthy environment? So um, ecosystems around us are diverse and complex, just like our bodies. And it's kind of important that we understand the, how the environment um, it can be more productive, how it can be more resilient and resistant to change, um, to uh, problems that might occur in the world. So a, a healthy body and a healthy ecosystem are the same kind of thing. You know, uh, one that can survive an insult and bounce back very quickly, um, and one that's uh, productive and uh, and seems healthy. Um, you know, as you as you mentioned before, when you smell the soil, you can smell the good, healthy soil. That's a healthy environment. Um, you you use your senses to perceive it. Um, the same as when you you know when you feel healthy and you know when you don't feel healthy. And, and so it, it, 
a lot of people, you know, we, can, we have tools to measure health in environments, although we're not very good at doing it in human beings. But it's um, uh, people will know if the environment is healthy. And, and, and you'll know that an unhealthy environment is bad for you. One of the things that came up time and time again is it's all personal. So what's healthy for you may not be the same things that's healthy for me. Correct. And yeah, that, I mean, um, uh, if you, for example, if you go to a fishing village in Japan, um, the the people, the ancestors of the people living in that village were exposed not to agriculture and soils, but to marine worlds. You know, they, they lived in and on the sea. And, and that kind of environment would have shaped their immune systems very specifically. So uh, people growing up in a northern European agricultural environment will have a different needs to of the exposure in the healthy environment um, uh, when they're children so, compared to people the, growing up in a fishing village in Japan. Yeah, we need to take another break, but we'll be back. I hope you can hold on to, for the next session. We're talking about Nobel Conference 54, and you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, The Progressive Voice. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. Come experience Nightingale at 26th and Lindale in Minneapolis for mulled wine and delicious signature dishes from Chef Carrie and her team. Nightingale is perfect for special occasions with extensive wine, beer, and cocktail selections, along with their dedication to great service. Open every day till 2 a.m. with a full menu served until 1 a.m. and two award-winning happy hours daily. Plus, there's a weekend brunch at 10 a.m. Find more at NightingaleMPLS.com. It's grilling season, and Vinaigrette has some sizzling recipes to inspire you. How about summertime grilled fajitas? Just create a marinade with our golden balsamic or champagne vinegar and chili, garlic, or jalapeno olive oil and marinade beef or chicken. Add red onions, red, green, and yellow peppers and throw them on the grill. Or try grilled steak brushed with our truffle or garlic olive oil. Visit us at 50th and Xerxes in South Minneapolis and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior or online at vinaigrettemn.com. Standard Heating knows some things never get old for us Minnesotans. The fall colors, s'mores, and football tailgating. But some things like your furnace do get old, and that can mean higher heating bills. Fortunately, you can save $1,300 on a new high-efficiency furnace from Standard Heating and help cut your heating bills. Learn more about saving $1,300 on your new furnace at standardheatingdeals.com. Don't wait. These savings end October 31st. Standard heating and air conditioning. Comfort you deserve. Be sure to pick up your copy of this month's Natural Awakenings magazine, a free local guide to a healthier and more balanced life. Each monthly issue includes timely, local, national, and global stories. Learn about alternative and complementary medicine, nutrition, fitness for body and mind, personal growth, sustainability, and much more. Natural Awakenings can be found at area health food stores, food co-ops, and retail locations. More information is available at NaturalTwinCities.com. That's NaturalTwinCities.com. Hello, humans. It's Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many know that I have a diversity and inclusion company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I want to share about a speaking event I'll be hosting on Monday, November 5th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Loft Literary Center in Minneapolis. I'll be giving my gray area thinking talk on how to be welcoming to others. I'd love for you to join me. Go to elliekrug.com and look at the Human is Human public events page for more. Please come and please tell others. See you then. Don't let me down. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. We're talking about Nobel Conference 54. In studio with us is Associate Professor of Geology and Environmental Studies, Laura Triplett. She's a co-chair of the Nobel Conference 54. And by phone is Dr. Jack Gilbert. He's one of the leading authorities on the microbiome. Um, and I want to ask about antibacteria soap. What are your opinions on all the antibacteria soap? Well, um, we live in a world where um, we've, we've done away with the vast majority of dangerous bacteria. Um, and as long as you use common sense, then there's really absolutely no need for antibacterial soaps. 
Um, it's telling that triclosan, um, the, one of the major components of antibacterial soaps, has now been banned. Um, in fact, Minnesota was one of the first states to actively ban that as an as a active ingredient in antibacterial soaps uh, because it's potentially harmful to children, especially their hormonal systems. So, yeah, I mean, um, use hot water or, you know, warm water and, and normal soap. And it ha it's just as effective at removing uh, dangerous bacteria that you might get from, say, using a, eating a, you know, or handling raw chicken as uh, antibacterial soaps. There's literally no need for antibacterial soaps. Cool. And, Laura, you wanted to make some connections. Yeah, well, during the conference, we got – we. Um, get a lot of questions from the audience, which we then ask the speakers. And a lot of our questions were actually from uh, urban livers who were asking, well, how can I improve the health of my lawn then? Or what, what should I be doing differently in my gardens? And I think a lot of these messages that uh, we were hearing about agriculture in general also apply back to the urban uh, world. So some of the some of the um, answers were see if you can get a diverse mix of grass into your lawn. Or Dave Montgomery even in his own personal lawn has a couple of types of flowers and clover to help improve increase the diversity of the plants which increases the diversity of the microbial life in the soil, which then improves its resilience and its um, health overall. Same thing in your garden. Um, a lot of these messages keep the soil covered that Dr. Lal was mentioning. Um, growing different types of plants, all of those things feed different groups of microbes in the soil um, and thus um, make the soil more fruitful and more resilient to change. Jack, do you have comments about that? Yeah, I mean, I've turned, uh, we live in Illinois, and I've turned um, a large portion of my garden over to uh, native prairie grasses and plants flowering and otherwise. I mean, uh, yeah, the, the diversity of those plants um, is adding organic matter um, back into the soil and making the soil more resistant and resilient to damage and insult. But it's also um, increasing the amount of uh, the diversity of plant and animal life um, around the whole area. Uh, so people that live um, who have a greater diversity of plant and animal life in their in their gardens in their area are generally healthier, are generally happier, based upon large clinical studies where we've uh, in, you know, investigated those particular properties. But it can also increase the diversity of insects. Um, uh, and it can increase the diversity of uh, or the abundance of bats and birds in the area, which can reduce the number of mosquitoes and, you know, make our lives generally better. So there are huge and extended benefits to increasing the diversity of plants in your backyard and also putting it back to a more native state. Uh, you know, uh, the, the grass that you see is pretty alien. Um, to uh, to uh, what would normally be living here. So why, why would we do that? Yeah, it's what, crazy. And I've been practicing, I've been very blessed. I've been practicing permaculture for over 20 years, so we have everything from hazelnuts to comfries to peach trees. And, yeah, so we have that diversity. And so um, when people were asked what to do, the number one thing is let's change our lawns. But let's also reach out to other people that uh, rent. I mean, how to bring in life. Like you said, even having a dog can reduce your chances of asthma. <laughs> I mean, is having plants in the house helpful? Are there other things that people can do? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen that having plants in the house increases the microbial diversity of your home. Uh, for the vast majority of the time, if there are no animals or plants in your house and the only bacteria that are there are bacteria from your body, um, and that may not seem like a bad thing if you're healthy, but it also means that if you bring a new baby into that environment, that's the only thing they're ever exposed to is human bacteria. And we know that children throughout history um, have been exposed to a lot more diversity, and their immune systems are expecting to see that diversity. So bringing plants and animals into your home and allowing the children to have access to them could actually create a more healthy home environment. You know, I'm one of the, I've been one of the co-chairs of this conference, and I've been planning it for two and a half years and reading these people's books and reading your articles, Jack. And I got home from the conference Wednesday night and Thursday spent 
quite a bit of time out in my garden thinking, okay, which of these plants am I going to bring inside this winter? Okay, I get, now I got a big tray of soil out of the garden and I'm plant. I, I it, it even for me has changed how I'm planning to get through this Minnesota winter. <laughs> I love my bay plant. My bay, a bay leaf plant is now almost four feet. I get so much food out of that because I can have one bay leaf in almost everything. And so you know, everyone. But it's all personal. Everyone's yard's personal. Yeah. It's all personal. Finding your own personal thing. Um, you know, Dr. Jack Gilbert, I I thank you for joining us. Uh, you're the co-founder of the Earth Microbi- Microbiome Project. Uh, you're also the bo- author of the book Dirt Is Good. Um, um, any last comments? No, I just uh, eat healthy and stay healthy. Eat healthy and stay healthy. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Laura Triplett, co-chair of Nobel Conference 54. Um, all of these speeches that people did during this two-day conference, our listeners can listen to anytime. How do they do that? They can go to gustavus.edu. That's G-U-S-T-A-V-U-S dot E-D-U. Once you're there, look for the Nobel Conference website. It's easy to find. And there you can go to archived or past conferences and find all of these great talks. And I would say we have the talks, but also really important to this conference are the question and answer sessions. So after each talk or pair of talks, all of these seven speakers got up on stage and talked to each other and answered questions that were coming from the audience. And we think that's almost more important than the talks themselves is when the speakers get to bounce ideas off each other and sometimes debate with each other and where you're hearing what the audience's impression was and what the audience wanted to know. So all of those as well are online. And that's why this started 54 years ago because the the people who won the Nobel laureates, they liked being in that space where they could exchange the cutting edge information. That's true, 54. Four years ago, we uh, were just opening our science building and asked the Nobel Foundation in Stockholm, Sweden, if we could name it, because we have a connection to long-standing connection to Sweden. Um, they said, sure, name it the Nobel Hall of Science. And we said, hey, can we invite every living Nobel laureate to campus? And back then they said, ah, sure, no problem. So uh, I believe 17 of them came, had such a good time. They said, you should do this every year. That so, was yep. 54 years ago. So go on the, the college. You can listen to all these. And um, next year, the conference is going to be on. Next year, the topic is climate changed, facing our future. So that's going to be another really important and really big topic. Climate changed with a D. With a D. They're public. They're open to the public. Um, and uh, so I thank you so much, Laura Triplett. And, and I think I also want to thank Dr. Jack Gilbert for joining us and Dr. Uh, Rotan Alal, um, the professor of soil science. And thank you for listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, The Progressive Voice. And you know who I'm talking